Walks like an animal, talks like an animal, must be an animal. Come here, the animal, talking animal, talking animal. Good morning. This is Talking Animals. I'm Duncan Strauss. My guest today is Joey Kamen, a veteran stand-up comedian and voiceover actor who has just published his first book, My Life with Snoopy, How One Shelter Dog's Love Changed a Man's Life and Other Tales of Adventure. Book and Spools is something of a memoir recounting Kamen's formative years in Detroit, including a traumatic experience involving his childhood dog, also named Snoopy, and the far more glorious subsequent years with Snoopy, the titular Snoopy, I guess you could say, of the book, a Sheltie mix he adopted as an adult while carving out a uh, niche career in show business. We'll discuss all this with Joey Kamen in a few moments here on Talking Animals. Later in today's show, we'll have a brief conversation with Karen Atwood of Florida Parrot Rescue, tied to January being Adopt-A-Rescued Bird Month. Karen will offer some important information for those who might be considering adopting a bird, a very serious and, and lengthy commitment. Also towards the end of today's show, and Name That Animal Tune, we'll be offering as the prize a paperback copy of A Dog's Purpose, the New York Times bestseller by Bruce Cameron. Signed, in fact, by Bruce. We'll get to all this later in the program. First, though, let's hear an animal song, a dog song. In fact, this is Dwight Yoakam with I've Got a Dog on Talking Animals. I've got a dog. And he's got me We get along So easily Wherever I go He's by my side I've got a dog I'm satisfied I've got a dog He howls along Whenever I play A lonesome song I've got a dog I call him Hank my lucky stars, I sure do think. Well, it won't win a prize for being dog pretty at a fancy show in the great big city's a mix of hound and I don't know what, a hundred percent pure junkyard mutt. Oh, I've got a dog, he's really smart, got soulful eyes and a big old heart. This dog of mine, he doesn't bark. Except all day and after dark He's kind of proud He won't do tricks My dog won't beg Or fetch me sticks He won't roll over If I say so If I say speak He just says no he won't win a prize for being dog pretty at a fancy show In the great big city is a mix of hounds And I don't know what, a hundred percent pure junkyard mud I've got a dog, and he's got me We get along so easily Wherever I go, he's by my side I've got a dog, I'm satisfied I've got a dog, I'm satisfied I've got a dog, I'm satisfied Come on, Hank That was Dwight Yoakam with I've Got a Dog An animal song to get us started this morning Let's move into speaking with Joey about Snoopy With a reminder, we invite you to join the conversation by calling 813-239-9663 or emailing us at dj at wmnf.org. Let's welcome Joey Kamen to Talking Duncan. Animals. Good morning, Joey. Duncan, this is Arnold. Joey's not around. He's, he has me to help him out with the show because he loves your show, and I love your show, Duncan Strauss. Strauss is a fantastic name. That's Austrian, correct? 
Uh, yes, it is, and uh, that's quite a quite a surrogate, I guess. Uh, I you know, it. I love it. I love it. I love talking to animals. I talk to animals every morning in the breakfast, and it's fantastic. Arnold, go away. Shut up. Let me end the show. No, 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 no. Okay, he had to help out a little bit there. So. Sure. Well, you know, we we cannot argue with with Arnold. That's I think what we've learned over the years. Not at all. How you doing, Duncan? Good, good, Joey. Thanks so much for joining us today on uh, on Talking Animals and uh, and uh, figuring at least so far that most people listening probably haven't yet had a chance to read the book. Let Let's start by talking a, a bit about you and your background, sort of traveling backwards, maybe from from the present, as we already kind of got a little hint of. Describe uh, describe the work. That that you uh, that you do these days? I'm a, a voiceover actor. I do voices for video games, uh, commercials, uh, TV shows, uh, ADR, which is auto dialogue replacement, which is doing uh, voices for um, replacing dialogue and helping out with dialogue for major feature films and things like that. Uh, some of the video games that I've worked on that uh, people who are listening who have children might uh, might know is uh, the Skylanders series, which is a uh, uh, sold over a billion dollars worth of merchandise. It's a huge game, Skylanders, yeah. uh, Giants, and uh, different video games like that of the Skylanders series. I do the voice of Terrafin, uh, Boomer, and Free Ranger. Wow. Terrafin's a guy, a uh, tough-looking shark, if anybody has kids. He's a little shark character, and he, his uh, big catchphrase is, It's feeding time! It's feeding time! This is Terrafin from Skylanders! Wow, cool. Yeah, so. And uh, along those lines, what are, what are uh, either, well, first of all, or some other uh, animation, or some cartoon types uh, that you've given voice to uh, along with the, uh, the video games? Sure, that uh, people might recognize. Uh, I was a Smurf for about a year. I was natural Smurf for about a year doing the Smurf series. Uh, I was in a movie called Space Jam a, a while back. Um, I did the voice of McGruff the Crime Dog for uh, the DVDs and video series, Great. Uh, that sort of thing, uh, yeah. distri- distributed in the schools. Um, those would be some of the more recognizable uh voices that I've done in the past sure. that, that and, people would know. And then what about, because uh, I know you also do uh, commercial, you know, voiceovers for commercials. Are there some uh, commercials that we've heard that we might not have known it was you at the time, but but was in fact you uh, doing the voiceover? Uh, in the past few years, it's more for the Sky, the commercials that they would know would be for the Skylander series, just doing a series of commercials for them that okay. people might know. There's no, I don't have any name brands out there where I'm the voice of like, uh, you know, Sears or anything like that. Oh yeah, no, but I, I was thinking that I thought I uh, had seen and even heard a, uh, for example, a, a voiceover on a, a Toyota, like a Camry ad or some yeah, kind I've of Toyota thing. Done voices, I, I've done voices for, for for Camry and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's that's uh, that's no small potatoes. That's uh, no, that's good. No, yeah. No. Yeah. So it's hard to remember a lot of stuff. I'd have to go to right. Like, uh, well, it's not like they say this is Joey Kamen for for Toyota necessarily, right, but right. Uh, yeah. Most of the, the the voiceovers you hear for a lot of the major uh, uh, car companies are, are major actors and stuff, and people don't even know it. Yeah. You know? uh, so uh, that goes on all the time. So. Sure, sure. Well, so so let's uh, let's travel back a little bit further. So so sure. tell us a little bit about where where you grow grew up and and your sure. for, your formative years. I'm uh, from originally from Detroit, Michigan, uh, and I'm from Detroit, the city, not the suburbs. I grew up uh, pretty much like a street kid, mm-hmm. and um, I uh, went to Henry Ford High. Not that people in Florida are going to know that. Uh, that you is, never know. Uh, a lot of people yeah, make their way here. Yeah. 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 So, uh, and uh, I became, I, I, I left home when I was right after high school, and uh, at 17, I moved to Hollywood, California, and I became one of the youngest stand-up comedians ever. Uh, I was performing right out the bat. I mean, I was sort of like a natural, not to uh, boost myself or boast or anything, but I was uh, only on stage about four times in my whole life when I was asked to be a regular performer at the Comedy Store in Hollywood, which was a big deal, and I didn't even know it was a big deal, because when you're young, you really don't really know. You know, you're just doing your thing. So, uh, And I performed there for many, many years, and uh, I think the first thing I ever did was a series called The Richard Pryor Show, which was a, a famous short-lived TV series um, when I was very young, uh, and doing sketches and stuff on that show. And uh, um, then I got into uh, doing a lot of animation. Um, sure. Uh, in uh, a TV series that was from a PBS called The Righteous Apples, uh, a guest starring on shows. I mean, this is older stuff like yeah. paint and things like that. But 
but the cartoons were always a lot of fun. When I was 18 years old, I was taken under the wing of a man named Dawes Butler. Now, if the people listening don't know who Dawes Butler is, Dawes Butler was one of the most uh, famous uh, voiceover people in the world. Uh, Dawes was the voice of Yogi Bear, Huckleberry Hound, Quick Draw, Snagglepuss, Jinx, Pixie, Augie Doggy, Captain Crunch, Wally the Gator, Lippy the Lion. He was Huckleberry Hound, Yogi Bear, for crying out loud. He was, and he took yeah. me under his wing as his protege. So I was actually the protege of Dawes Butler. Wow. Uh, when I was 18 years old, he um, I had a roommate who was. Um, working on uh, a radio show. He says, hey, you have to meet my roommate Joey. He does voices. He does stand-up. And Dawes came to the comedy store to see me. And uh, he had started as a stand-up in Ohio uh, when he was like 17, 18, too. So he saw a lot of um, me and himself. And he said, uh, I like this kid, and he helped me. And, you know, it it was great. So Dawes was uh, a big promoter of helping me when I was very, very young. And uh, it, it was a, a life. It was it was a dream. I mean, yeah. I grew up. You can imagine you grew up watching these these cartoon characters, Huckleberry Hound and Yogi Bear. And there he is. He's he's, he's your teacher. He's your mentor. Yeah. You know, no, that's uh, really. I mean, talk about a towering uh, figure. I mean, there there's Dawes Butler, there's Mel Blanc, and then yep. the, the list drops down several notches before you get anybody anywhere near that prominent or influential. So. Right. Right. Him and Mel Blanc were the two most famous uh, people in, in the world for of animation. Yeah. Doing, yeah. Doing yeah. Voices. And uh, yeah, he he was just a a great man, and um, he passed away in 1988. Wow. Well, that's uh, how fortunate for you. Just 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 to go back a little bit uh, before you got out to L.A. and and we're doing you know comedy and voiceover and meeting up with Oz Butler. What, what was your what were your early years like? What was your family like? What was what was the uh, what were, were there animals around? What was your uh, sort of what was that those early years like when it came to sure. animals? Um, and I talk about in this book. The book is My Life with Snoopy: How One Shelter Dog's Love Changed a Man's Life and Other Tales of Adventure. And it's my adventure with uh, animals. Um, specifically dogs, really. Uh, and in my formative years, I wasn't, our house was pretty much, um, uh, I wasn't really a, a big animal lover uh, like I am now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I talk about it uh, in, in the book that I didn't really have many animals. I had like a goldfish and yeah. things like that, snails. Uh, and then when I was uh, 10 years old, um, I got my first dog, and it was a beautiful puppy named Snoopy. And uh, my uncle gave him to me, and there was a tragic thing that happened with the dog. And uh, for 30 years, I did not like dogs uh, because of what happened. Uh, and can you, you know, obviously, you know, uh, I've, I've read the book, so I, I know, but can you, you know, touch on to whatever extent you feel like, you know, what, what, what happens is it obviously had that, that uh, profound of an impact on you. Yeah, well, my parents took away my puppy uh, from a 10-year-old boy. So it's kind of tragic. I mean, the book is funny, but it also has a lot of tragedy to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's got the yin and the yang. It, 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 it's my life journey with, uh, with, with dogs. And they took away my puppy, who I named Snoopy. And that's only a very small portion of the book. They took away my puppy just making up a lie, saying I didn't take care of him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that caused sort of like a post-traumatic stress syndrome to me. I was, like, devastated. Can you imagine taking away a 10-year-old boy's dog? And it was his dog. I mean, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. And and so I didn't like dogs for 30 years until um, I started hanging around people in Hollywood uh, who had dogs. And then I ended up adopting a dog at the Burbank Animal Shelter, which who endorses the book also. It's a wonderful shelter in Southern California, the Burbank Animal Shelter in, in beautiful Burbank, California. And 30 years later, uh, at the age of 40, I fell in love with this shelter dog. And the book is about our journey together, our life together, and how he changed my life, and how a shelter dog can change your life, and how a shelter dog um, allows you to take in that unconditional love, and how you can take that unconditional love from a shelter dog and do your best to bring that love into relationships on two feet. Sure. That's pretty, that's pretty much the message of the book. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So so a couple of things, uh, Joey, just uh, in terms of things you already touched on. First of all, I guess the, the, the obvious question probably for people listening is, is why Snoopy? The, the original dog that was taken away from you and sort of traumatized you was Snoopy, and then the, the dog 30 years later was Snoopy. Now, does that reflect a fondness for the, the Peanuts comic strip, or what... Uh, 
What... No, well, uh, originally, uh, yeah, thank you. Good question. I, I, I originally named, when you're 10 years old, I originally named the dog Snoopy. It was a Labrador retriever, purebred puppy. And I named, what, what, what did I know? I know I knew Snoopy from the, the uh, Charles Schultz comic strip, so I named my dog Snoopy. Mm-hmm. Little boys. I didn't, you know, okay, he's not a beagle. Or anything. I didn't even know what a beagle was. Sure. You know, I just go, oh, a dog, puppy, cartoon, Snoopy, you know, your little boy, Snoopy. So then I named the dog Snoopy, who was a Sheltie mix, the best looking Sheltie mix ever to come out of the uh, uh, Burbank Animal Shop. So Sheltie and American Eskimo, which are two top ten smart breeds, which I didn't know. I just kind of liked that. He was a very special dog. Yeah. And all our dogs are special, but he, he was really, really, uh, really smart. Yeah. And so I named him in honor of my puppy. Right. Uh, that I had as a little boy, so I called him Snoopy. And um, it was just, uh, he's a, a very pretty dog. If you see the book, uh, even the cover, people always uh, comment on the cover of the book. Yeah. Because uh, he's a very handsome-looking dog. Absolutely. Know? Yeah. So it was an honor thing. I, you know, okay, so it was honor. really, a, the, the, it came from, from the, the Peanuts comic strip, but, but Snoopy uh, the second was really sort of honoring Snoopy the first. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so then the other question, I guess, in terms of things you, you mentioned so far, Joey, is 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 why when you were clearly, uh, you know, again, sort of traumatized by by the first Snoopy being taken away. So thirty some years later, you uh, adopted the the second Snoopy. But but you know why? I mean, why then um, did you feel like okay, here's here's what I'm going to do? What was there a particular confluence of, of events, or why did you feel like hey, I'm 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 ready now. Yeah, well, I I, there, I started hanging around a group of uh, actors and artist friends that had dogs. They were into adopting dogs, fostering dogs, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't even know what that was. And uh, I, I I started being around them, and I started warming up to them. And uh, there was one situation that actually was the breaking point for me. I had a, a, a an acquaintance who. Uh, asked me to house sit for his dogs when he went away on vacation, and I was open to it. I wasn't, you know, dog super dog crazy at the time, and uh, I said, "Okay, I'll I'll watch your dogs." And I talk about it in in, in the book. Actually, mm-hmm. it was the breaking point for me to like, you know, healing a wound. Yeah. And these, I was sleeping, and the two dogs were very very nice, and uh, they were, I believe, they were they were um, uh, Springer Spaniels, and. Um, they, I went to bed and they were lying at my my door and I felt this warm feeling of uh, comfort of, of of a dog and I hadn't felt it since I was a little boy. And when I woke up in the morning, they were still there guarding me, mm. and I mm-hmm. was like, "Oh my God, this is unbelievable!" I started crying. Yeah, I, I missed that warmth, that feeling, that love from dogs. I was their two day temporary master, and here I was feeling this warmth and love all over again and I felt like a 10-year-old boy and that's when I said to myself I, I, I can allow a dog's love into my life. Yeah. I went I went to the animal shelter and and, and I got Snoopy. And and, and then the, the book is about our 13-year relationship, all the animals we met, our good times together, our sad times and taking you from puppyhood all the way to uh end of life issues and dealing that with the um the end of life issues for for, for dogs for sure well, we're going to delve into to, to much of them. let me just let folks know this is talking animals if you just tuned in my guest is joey Kamen, a comedian voice uh, over actor who's uh just published his first book my life with snoopy how one shelter dogs love changed a man's life and other tales of adventure if you'd like to ask joey a question or offer a comment please call 813-239-9663 or email dj at wmnf dot org so yeah so the book is a, i mean it's a it, it's a real love story i mean once uh, once you know snoopy 2 enters your life uh he seems to have a, a sort of a transformative power on on you and just kind of kind of your outlook yeah oh oh for sure i mean it it, it completely changed me i don't know how many people uh, have shelter dogs out there um, and, and there are a lot of dogs available, and I, I don't preach it at all, but I really uh, urge people to get a shelter dog as opposed to, you know, going to a puppy mill and getting a purebred. And if, you, if you'd like me to give some statistics about um, uh, animals in shelters, um, 
that are put out by the American uh, Humane Association, the ASPCA. Um, about, yeah, by, uh, by all means. I mean, we're, we, we, we hammer uh, relentlessly the, uh, you know, adopt, don't shop kind of message. But by all means, uh, Joey, feel free to underscore that sure. with whatever um, information you have. Yeah. You know, there's not exact details. You know, I, I, I feel that uh, the reason people don't like to talk about how many uh, animals go in and how many die each year is because it's so depressing. But the, the statistics are any, the, for example, ASPCA estimates that five to seven animals enter shelters each year, and the American Humane Association puts the figure at eight million. So no one really knows for, for sure. Yeah. And about 3.7 million animals are euthanized uh, in shelters each year. Yeah. And uh, about 25% of shelter dogs are purebred, and 10 to 20% of dogs and cats are adopted from shelters, which is a large number if you're considering how many millions of animals are, in the United, uh, are adopted in the United States. So um, it's just a great thing to do to just go to your local shelter and, and get that unconditional love into your life from, from, from a shelter animal. For sure. Beautiful. Yeah. So, so uh, Joey, I mean, you know, most people think one or more of their animals is special. Either, you know, hey, at one point in my life I had this incredible dog or this incredible cat or whatever. Uh, if not the current, you know, animal or animals in their household. So, so describe, t- you know, what was special about Snoopy to you? Well, it's just, first of all, the way he looked. I mean, you know, we all put... Um, uh, sort of an emphasis on looks. I mean, he was a handsome dog. I mean, if you if you see his picture, you can see it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. You can look. I mean, he's a good-looking animal. For 13-plus years, everywhere I went, people would say, oh, what a pretty dog. That's a handsome dog. Oh, he's good-looking. You know, and at first I was attracted to him aesthetically, but then he was just so smart. I mean, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, people would let me bring him to parties uh, when no other dogs were allowed because he would just lie at my feet. He wouldn't go around begging or jumping on people and... Uh, but he was that way naturally. He was just—he was a smart breed. You could teach him tricks very easily. He was easily trainable. He was just a super smart dog. Yeah. Well, as you say that mix, I mean, you—you've got not one but two incredibly smart uh, breeds, sort of uh, blended there. Right. A Sheltie and American Eskimo. Yeah. And, um, he was just—you know—he just had those those looks. I always say in the book, I say he's the Brad Pitt, the Johnny Depp of dogs. You know, because he was uh, he was a handsome boy, and yeah. even the even the vet who euthanized him comment first words about him he's so pretty, and I she's about to put him down, and she's saying how pretty he is. You know, so it was kind of a uh, sad but uh, happy statement. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't like that, but uh, yeah, he, bittersweet he, he was, moment for sure. Bitter, yeah, exactly. So yeah. he was wowing them. You know, I mean, I fell in love with the way he looked, but then just his personality. People would fall in love with him just when they met him. Little kids would want to hug him. Like he was a teddy bear, and I said, "No, no, 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 no! Don't, don't pull his tail or whatever, you know." Yeah. You know? So that that kind of thing went on, which which attracted me to him. And, sure. Uh, as life went on, and he never lost that that same love that I saw when I saw his, for his eyes the first day I adopted him. So yeah. And and most people find that when they when they when they adopt a dog, they just fall in love, and that love stays for the rest of his or her life with you. Sure. Yeah. Well, there's a, you know, uh, I think kind of a, a common uh, syndrome amongst people who who adopt animals that I don't think could ever be really uh, quantified in any real scientific way, but just the uh, sort of connection and, and even sort of uh, gratitude or even awareness that people see in those animals, you know, by way of those, their, their humans having, having rescued them and, and adopted them out of those shelters and just some sort of a bond that's just more powerful in, in that way. So, um, Oh, I agree. They, they know that you saved them. They yeah. Know that you saved yeah. Them. For so sure. It's, 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 it's great. It's yeah, great. there's not much else to say about it. Yeah, well, now I, I have to ask, uh, given you know sort of the way you came on the show and what we've talked about in terms of what you, you know, have done for for your career, uh, did you ever do either McGruff the Crime Dog or other other voices for uh, for Snoopy? <laughs> yeah, I would do voices for the dog. It was kind of funny. Like, I'd, uh, he he wouldn't answer me. He knew it was me, but he'd see this strange voice coming out of his master, and he'd just look at his, his, his ears would perk up, and he'd tilt his head and go, mm, who's that? You know, it's like, because I would say, come here, Snoopy, come here, boy, come here, doggy. And he'd like, he wouldn't come to me. Yeah. You know, or, or any voice I would do, hey, Snoopy, come here, please, what are you doing? Come here, puppy, come, let's go for the walk. And he loved walks. And he would just, he just, just didn't know what was going on. It was kind of, I didn't do it to him a lot because I didn't want to confuse it. Right. You know? Yeah, because he was, he was responding to your voice as Joey. But, you right. know, if anybody else was talking, it's like, hey, uh, that's <laughs> not my master. Uh, right. Uh, I'm not doing anything until I hear my master say something. 
Right, yeah. exactly, because, you know, and he was kind of like a, not really a one-person dog, but he was sort of a one-person dog in the sense, like, if someone else was in the room, uh, even my wife, and she said, come here, Snoopy, come here, he wouldn't listen. It was more like, uh, I, 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 go on, and he would go, and then he would listen to the person, unless they had food or, or a treat for him. Then sure, run over. yeah, then that run transcends over, but... the, uh, the, the master voice thing, yeah, if you've got a treat, I'm listening to you, buddy. Yeah. Right, exactly. So, I mean, he, 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 he wouldn't uh, otherwise, if I'd, I'd have to tell him to go, go, go on. You could, it's okay to uh, go be friendly to them, you know. Yeah. Which is, which is kind of cat-like in a sense, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you guys obviously had a really sort of long, uh, amazing uh, life and, and, and included moving from L.A. to, to Las Vegas. Um, one thing that, that I thought, uh, you know, just to, almost as a side note, but I thought it was interesting in the book was just the way that you would sort of recount things along the way that involved uh, veterinarians. Uh, veterinarians. How, I mean, how would you characterize your, your view of, of uh, veterinarians? I, I'm not. I, I lucked out getting a couple good ones, but mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest fan of yeah. veterinarians. And why? All. And why is that? Would you say? Well, because uh, they're like I'm. I'm into health. I'm. A, I'm a vegan, and uh, I also into holistic health since I was like 20 years old. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe in all the vaccinations and poisons they put into animals because it weakens their immune system. And they just don't know. A lot of them just don't know any better. And a lot of them just are into the, for the money. Mm. Yeah, but no, they, don't get me wrong. There's so many great vets out there and they save millions of dogs' lives, every sure. cats' lives every year. But just some of the poisons and things that they put into the animals, I mean, I, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I would not necessarily fight with them. I would just stand my ground and not let them do certain things that they wanted to to my dog. Yeah. I think I, he lived longer because of that uh, and, and the supplements and things that I gave him over, t- over time. I think that he had a, a, a long, healthy life. And um, uh, But the, the, the couple of veterinarians that I, that I did like, I even mentioned them in the book and praised yeah. them and everything. So, yeah, no, absolutely. It's just uh, along the way it was interesting because, uh, you know, there was a sense that uh, well, just kind of what you articulated to some extent that you just t- took sort of a dim view of, of, of some and just tried to avoid really going to a vet, you know, except when absolutely necessary. That's right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, we had them 13 plus years, and I think we maybe went a dozen times. Yeah, yeah. So, which, which, is, which is not a lot. Right. No, that's unusual. Certainly. Certainly. Yeah. So, so I mean, I just wouldn't listen to them when they would say that you need this vaccination and that vaccination, unless I was living in some, like, uh, a highly populated area where it was lot near around a lot of dogs and all that stuff. I might, do, I, I just don't like it. I mean, the vaccinations have mercury. I don't want to get off on a weird track, but they have mercury and all these poisons in them. And why? Why? You know, you, you don't want to put that into your body or or a dog's body. I mean, it's it's just. Uh, and other people will disagree with me, which is fine. I'm not an expert on it. It's just my point of view. Sure. You know. Sure. I, sure. I just, just want to have. I just wanted to have the dog as long as possible without, you know, hurting his immune system. You know. Right. Right. Well, and again, I mean, the, those things are are complicated, and as you say, there's various yes. views, and people just can only decide for for themselves for 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 their animals, basically. Right. And the best yeah. thing is to educate yourself. Yeah. Do a lot, do, do a lot of reading, and um, I mean, because most vets that you meet, they're not going to be holistic. Even some of the holistic ones. Um, they overcharge under the guise of being holistic when. The, the bottom line is to do your own homework and, yeah. and experiment with healthy things, not, not not the stuff that you can't pronounce the names of what you're giving your dog, even yourself. If you can't pronounce the name, don't put it in your body. That's just my whole thing. You know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and, and to, to, to let the listening know, the reason I wrote my book, um, which I wanted to put out there to the people listening, is... Um, uh, I wanted to heal the wound that I had. I mean, this losing my dog was like losing my kid, and I was a hole was in my heart, and, and I, I I took to writing the book uh, to help heal that wound, and it has helped a little bit, and it helped it's helped quite a bit. I mean, and to talk about it even now because um, he helped heal my wound uh, of disliking dogs. And I'm trying to help heal uh, uh, another wound by talking about him and writing writing about him. Yeah, and I think I've accomplished that uh, quite a bit. And the book is a fun, quick, easy read. And um, yeah, well, uh, well, clearly, um, Joey. I mean, you you know, you took you took the loss of Snoopy very hard. Yeah. Any of us who've lost an animal can can totally relate. In fact, we talk sure. you know a fair amount on this show about you know losing our animals, how to cope with that sort of loss, and the ensuing grief. Um, uh, 
by the by the end of the book, though, it, it seems, uh, at least as of that writing, that 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 it was would be unlikely that you would adopt another dog. Is that still how you feel today, or do you see a day where you might uh, you might you know indeed uh, adopt another dog? I might adopt another dog, not not at this moment in time. Uh, it, it's still rough for me. I still feel the the, the hurt, you know. As I said, to me, it's like losing a child. I don't, I've never, I don't have kids. He was my kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, it, and it's also because he was just so smart. I don't know if I would be, ju- you know, people I've co- talked to have conversations with people. I might be judging that, you know, he 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 he's smarter than most dogs that are out there. And it's like, would I be judging the, the new dog that he didn't hold up to this dog, you know? But I would still get that love. I, I I'm just I'm just not ready. Yeah, I'm not ready. It's not ready. That, I mean, I can't be around dogs that that loving dogs for that long without feeling. Um, pain it just comes up it's a, and i'm not like an open wound or anything mm-hmm. but i just i can't be around him that long without starting to cry and think of snoopy yeah because you know, he's still he was just so special to me and it was a special bond and a special relationship so i, I don't know if anybody can relate to that but it's just no absolutely well I, you know because it's interesting because i mean there, there's sort of a lot of uh, issues that and, and, and feelings that are all kind of swirling together i mean even just in our conversation here and obviously part of the point of the book as you as you've explained is sort of emphasizing the importance of adoption and and so I guess I'd just be curious to know how you view what what seems to be a, a little bit of a conflict or even contradiction, sure. you know, of touting the the virtue of adoption. Yet now, oh. even though your your heart was broken, obviously it sounds like right you just couldn't bring yourself at the moment to to adopt another dog. So it's interesting. It's an interesting place to be, kind of. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, in terms of being being a contradiction, uh, I, I don't feel that it's outright a contradiction because I I will get another dog from a shelter. I just don't know when. Okay. Uh, All right. Because that. That's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't say when. I mean, I'm I'm st- I'm, I'm still hurting from it. Who knows? I sure. Could, I could wake I could wake up one morning, Duncan, and go. You know what? It's time. I'm going to the shelter. I'm getting the dog. I'm bringing. Uh, uh, I'm saving another dog's life. So I, I don't know when, but it's it's not this moment in time. So right. Could, no, but even that's even that's a, a significant step forward from whenever you finished writing the book and it got published. Because as of the book, pretty clear impression was that 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 was really not in the cards. Right. So the, 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 the book came just came out a couple months. It came out October. Right. So, but I'm, so, but even so. what I'm saying is from what, what's indicated in the book to what we're saying right. now, there seems like right. you, you've kind of eased uh, your position a little bit and you say, yeah, I'm not ready to do it today, but I will, I will likely do it. Whereas yeah. in the book, it sounded like it would be more unlikely that you would do it. Yeah. When I was writing it, you know, yeah. uh, I was like, I was still in pain. So, you know, I was, I had to write, I was very hard to write the book. I mean, I was yeah. writing through it. I mean, I, I didn't do it like sitting as a typewriter or anything. I, you know, I, I actually had to write it on a yellow pad sitting in the back of my car because it was so painful. You know, yeah. I mean, even though it's funny and sad parts of it, it just, it just kind of poured out of me, uh, out of my hand. Yeah, it, you know. Well, it's just I'm just happy to hear that that, that you you've already sort of you know, sort of softened your position because to me, it, you know, it's one of those things that that since so much of of the book and your story um, as as written and even briefly as you've explained here on on the show is about healing. I mean, Snoopy too really had all kinds of impact, including helping you heal from the wound of. Snoopy one and you know but there's all kinds of ways that all kinds of people I think are are healed by adopting an animal and and so you could still experience that but there's also the flip side of that in terms of what someone like you could bring to another dog's life exactly yeah yeah, I agree I've had friends say that to me you know you you have so much love to give to another dog. When are you going to do it? I don't want to be pressured. It's just when it, when the time is right. That's when when I'll have to go and just do yeah it, make make the commitment again because I'm a good dog owner and uh, it's it's as we all know people that adopt animals and bring animals into our lives. You know it, it's it's a it's a, it's a lifelong commitment for the life of the dog and uh, so yeah uh, I don't want to do anything you know half. Right, you can't take it lightly, for sure. Right, so yeah. It's 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 a big deal. For sure. Well, we're just sort of nearing the end of our time, Joey. But let me just remind folks: this is Talking Animals. I'm uh, Duncan Strauss. My guest is Joey Kamen, whose new book, "My Life with Snoopy: How One Shelter Dog's Love Changed a Man's Life and Other Tales of Adventure." Uh, we'll uh, invite you to join the conversation in our last moment or two by calling eight one three two three nine nine six six three or emailing DJ at wmnf dot org. So one of our emailers, Joey, says. Um, 
Uh, sorry for your loss of Snoopy. I agree with some of the stuff you say about vets. How do you feel about flea meds? Oh, boy. You know, um, uh, flea medication, uh, I guess I, I would look into a natural uh, form of flea medication. I'm not an expert on any of this kind of stuff. If it's got some long pronounced name, I'd look up the chemical on, on, on the Internet and see what it's got in it. And if it some, has some sort of toxic element to it, there's always natural forms of anything natural forms of anything for any animal pet product, any human product. Uh, just do your research is basically what I would say. Yeah. Like that, and so what, 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 when, um, when Snoopy, uh, Snoopy two was still with us, what, 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 what did you, uh, what did you do, uh, in that regard? With um, he never really got fleas. Okay. Because so I I so, some of the time, at least, he was living with the, the nice cat. So I just thought, yeah. you know, maybe there was a chance of that would be a concern. No, you know, we, I, we were very lucky. An indoor cat, he never went outside uh, his relationship with Melvin the cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so I was very lucky in terms of him not getting fleas or anything like that. Uh, so, yeah, so he was, uh, he got ticks once, and I didn't know what those were, and, and, and the groomer took them off of him. Uh, I don't know how they did that. I didn't want to sit and watch. It would be painful. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so in terms of flea medication, that's... I would just try and find a natural product uh, on that as opposed to, because some of those chemicals are just so strong, you know, and the skin, it absorbs into the skin. The skin is like the third largest organ in the body, and it just, you know, at least yeah. in humans, and it just sucks in there, and who knows what it's going to do to their, 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 their immune system. For sure. Well, so Joey, let me, uh, just as we're wrapping up here, let me ask you, what, what uh, back to kind of how, how we began in a way coming sort of full circle in terms of your, your, your work, um, what's, uh, what's either uh, on the air now uh, or about to come out in terms of either um, video games or commercials or an- animated uh, series that we kind of either listen for now or, or keep, a, keep an eye out for down the road? Well, well, a video game that just came out is a Skylander. It's called Swap Force. Okay, and I do a voice of a guy named Free Ranger in that. Okay, uh, that's going out, and then um, uh, well, I have some other stuff that's coming out in Europe. It's not here, so it wouldn't make any sense in plugging that. <laughs> um, and I'm always working on stuff. Uh, so, uh, and some stuff I can't talk about, or or you know, it's or it's, it's too or, soon, kind of, or yeah, well, it's, it's too soon, or it's, you're not supposed to say anything because it's confidential. You're working on it, that kind of. thing. I see. Okay. You know? Cool. Well, uh, we've been speaking with uh, Joey Kamen. Um, again, he's uh, just published his first book, My Life with Snoopy, How One Shelter Dog's Love Changed a Man's Life and Other Tales of Adventure. And there's a website devoted to that, uh, my love, mylifewithsnoopy.com. And uh, Joey, thanks so much for uh, making the time to, uh, to join us today on Talking Animals. Well, Duncan, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Great. Me too. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. I want to thank uh, Joey for uh, joining us. In a few uh, minutes, we'll speak with uh, Karen Atwood of uh, Florida Parrot Rescue with some uh, timely info, given that January is Adopt-A-Rescued Bird Month. First, let's step into the Talking Animals Comedy Corner. This is Aaron Foley with a very relevant piece called Dogs on today's Comedy Corner on Talking Animals. Thinking about getting a dog. Uh, dog people clap. Yeah. People love the dogs. I love the dog. I've never had a dog. It would be super exciting uh, to get a dog. Not, and, and funny. Um, <laughs> hilarious. I don't know what kind of dog I want to get. It just seems like when I look around, there's, there's a lot of aggressive crossbreeding going on with dogs these days. It's weird. I don't even know what I'm looking at anymore. Like, you used to be able to look at a dog and be like, that's a lab. That's a golden retriever. Now you look at a dog and you're like, what the hell is that? Uh, it's like a face of like a, of like a Doberman. Uh, like a, it's like a shepherd body. But it's so tiny. It's such a tiny dog. And I'm always like, excuse me, what kind of dog do you have? And they're like, it's a German Doberoodle. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know why I didn't go with German Doberoodle. Yes. I was going to go with creepy, because it's a creepy dog. You're creepy, and the whole situation's creepy. <laughs> I kind of want to like push the envelope with the dog owners, you know what I mean? What I want to do is I want to rent a Shetland pony and take it into the dog park. (laughs) Just to see the look of the dog owner's faces and be like... Excuse me, what what kind of dog is that? It's like a mutt, I don't know, it's like... uh, it's like part Mastiff, uh, Great Dane, Hyena, Collie Mix. 
Something like that. Wow, it just uh, just really looks like a Shetland pony. I know, we get that all the time. It's uncanny, <laughs> absolutely uncanny. But it's such a great dog. I mean, I haven't even heard it bark. It's just <laughs> quiet, quiet dog. And then I'm gonna jump on top of it and ride it out of the park. All right. That was Erin Foley with a piece called Dogs, taken from her album Lower the Bar. All right, now to offer some uh, timely information in that January is Adopt a Rescued Bird Month from Florida Parrot Rescue, let's welcome Karen Atwood back to Talking Animals. Hi, good, good morning, Karen. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having us on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. So first, let's uh, maybe just have you tell us briefly about um, Florida Parrot Rescue. What What is it and what is its uh, main mission? Well, certainly. Florida Parrot Rescue is a 501c3 nonprofit, all-volunteer-run rescue. We work out of a network of foster homes spread throughout the state of Florida. We currently have about 80 volunteers, and we have over 100 birds and rescue that are available for adoption. And this can be all size parrots, anywhere from finches, cockatiels, and parakeets on up to the largest of macaws. Wow. All right. Well, that covers the uh, pretty much the gamut. So, um, so, so uh, as I mentioned a couple times, January is Adopt a Rescued Bird Month, so I thought this would be a particularly apt time to sort of review some things that we, we had talked about when you were on, on the show a year or so ago in, in a you know, full-length interview. But um, what are some of the most important things to, to, to know and consider before adopting a bird? Well, one of the most important things to consider is that ber- parrots and birds are not like dogs and cats. They are not animals um, that we have had in our homes for five to 10,000 years like we have other companion pets. These are still wild animals. And most of the animals that you either adopt or purchase into your home, as far as parrots are concerned, are only one to two generations removed from the wild. So while dogs and cats have a very easy time of adjusting to most family homes and most family environments, parrots need a little bit more consideration on that front. Generally, a home has to actually adapt to the parrot rather than the parrot adapting to the home. So because of that, Really what you want to look into before you adopt is to do a lot of research, educate yourself on their diet, their care, their health, what you need from an avian veterinarian, and what you need to do to make the bird comfortable in your home. So that's the most important thing. The second most important thing is to make sure that you actually have an avian veterinarian. We work with about 10 or 12 different avian veterinarians throughout the state of Florida, and the difference between an avian veterinarian and a veterinarian that normally does dogs and cats and other animals, is that avian veterinarians have specifically been through classes that are designed mainly for parrots because parrots have a whole different set of health and diseases than other animals that we might have in our home. So that takes specialty training. So you want to make sure you have an avian veterinarian in your area that's going that you're going to be able to call on once a year for your healthy um, bird vetting and also in case you have emergencies. So, so that's interesting uh, because, on the one hand, they're, they're, they're as you've already kind of outlined complicated animals. But it sounds like, if I follow you, that that what you would normal, under normal circumstances apparently only need to plan on is one one visit a year from with the vet. One visit a year, just like you would dogs and cats. Mm-hmm. They don't get vaccinations like dogs and cats do, but they do need to be seen for a healthy checkup because birds are able to hide illnesses very, very well, and sometimes they can be sick and be acting normal to you, and you may have no idea. So it's very important to go in once a year, have them seen, do a fecal gram thing, do a full physical. And the AAV, which is the American Association of Avian Veterinarians, now recommend that you also do blood work for parrots every other year. Interesting. Okay, so so if someone's listening and they and they were thinking kind of maybe uh, of adopting a a bird, and then they heard our conversation, and January is adopt a rescue bird month. I mean, what what would be their their next uh, steps if they truly had, had thought about what the implications are of, of living with a bird and and what that means to adopt one? Well, how would uh, at least through through Florida? Um, Parrot Rescue, how would, they, uh, how would they get started? What would they do next? Well, the first thing they want to do is go to our website, which is at www.floridaparrotrescue.com. And they also might want to consider actually fostering for us. 
fostering is a very, very good way to educate yourself about several different species of birds to see what kind of best fits with your lifestyle, in your home, with your schedule, and just to educate yourself. When you're fostering, we pay for all the vet bills of the birds that you're caring for while they're waiting to be adopted, and you're learning at the same time, and you have the support of all of our volunteers at the same time. So it's a really, really great way to not only educate yourself, make sure that having a parrot in your home is right for you, but then you can also help a parrot on its way to its forever home. Wow, that's great. I mean, it's a really, uh, as you're describing, it makes perfect sense to sort of really demystify the the experience of of living with and caring for for a bird in that in that foster arrangement. That sounds great. And we're always in need of fosters. We have over a hundred birds in rescue right now, but we have more than sixty on our waiting list that still need to come in that we don't have room for yet. So we're always, always, always looking for fosters. Okay, well, with that in mind, since we're just about out of time now, Karen, let me just remind people again that the uh, the website to find out more and, and presumably get in touch about those opportunities is floridaparrotrescue.com. So, yes, uh, all right, Karen, well, thank you so much for joining us today again on Talking Animals, and uh, let's hope that uh, we uh, hear from some people who would like to... Uh, to help out and at least foster a bird, if not uh, add one maybe on a more permanent basis to uh, to their family. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I okay. hope you'll have us again soon. You bet. Thanks, Karen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I'm Duncan Strauss. Towards the end of the show, we'll play Name That Animal Tune. The winner will receive a paperback copy of Bruce Cameron's New York Times best-selling book, A Dog's Purpose, signed by Bruce, in fact. We'll get to that in just a moment or two here on Talking Animals. Right now, we'll uh, hit a few uh, animal news and announcements items, including uh, excitement um, last week here in uh, in Tampa. Let's read a little bit of the, uh, the Times coverage. The Facebook posting about 11 a.m. Friday was brief, but it created a spectacle that continued well into the evening. Lion on the loose in Spring Hill. Within an hour, media crews swarmed this tiny community in the Pasco-Hernando County line. They searched for any sign of Savannah, a seven-year-old lioness that had reportedly escaped from Survival Outreach Sanctuary. The missing lion at that point even spawned a Twitter account as helicopters buzzed the area. After a search that lasted a couple of hours, authorities found the big cat resting among the trees at the 10-acre licensed facility on Bowman Road. She had dug a hole under her cage but had not escaped the 10-foot-high fenced area. Officers tranquilized her with a dart gun and put her in another cage. Also kind of on the uh, local or semi-local scene, it goes back a little bit further, but uh, some of the uh, coverage of this only just emerged in uh, around the holidays or tail end of the holidays. Read some of this from the uh, Herald Tribune. A reprieve from the state will allow Sarasota Kennel Club to compete... Sorry, complete its Greyhound racing season in April, but a reopening for the 2014-15 races could prove costly for SKC. Agreeing with the kennel's contention that getting its dog cages to comply with new standards will create, quote, significant economic hardship, the Florida Division of Paramutual Wagering is giving the track until April 19th to fix the problem. The state, citing unsanitary and dangerous conditions, ordered ordered Florida track operators in May to replace all wooden cages with, quote, movable and, quote, metal crates. Unable to secure enough replacement cages, SKC petitioned for a variance a week before the current racing season began in November. State inspectors who visited the kennel on November 7th discovered that of the 834 greyhounds housed on site, 548 were living in wooden cages. On December 20th, the state granted... SKC a temporary waiver with an order for Sarasota track operators to comply in April. So we will uh, follow that as well. Also locally, mentioned this last week, but uh, again, this is uh, throughout January as well. The Humane Society, thanks to the uh, support and under the auspices of PetSmart Charities, is offering extremely reasonably priced we can't say exactly. Getting uh, male and do- dogs or cats fixed for, an, uh, again, a very, very reasonable price. So um, you do, uh, because it's so reasonable and there's a lot of demand, you need to book an appointment. And you should do so now. Limited availability, I think. So you can call 813-870-3304 or go to humanesocietytampa.org to, uh, to see about booking your appointment. I guess you can't really do any kind of show right now 
of any kind without talking about how cold the weather is at places. So here's our version of that. The weather in Chicago was so frigid Monday that it proved too chilly for the city's most popular polar bear. Chicago reported Anana, the Lincoln Park Zoo's only polar bear, was being kept in a climate-controlled area indoors Monday as temperatures dipped well below zero with a wind chill as low as minus 42 degrees. Anana Zoo spokesman Sharon DeVore explained, doesn't have the layer of blubber other polar bears have due to Chicago's warmer climate over the rest of the year. All right, I think that's going to do it for now on uh, Animal News and Announcements. So let's um, uh, let's play Name That Animal tune. I'm Duncan Strauss. You're listening to Talking Animals, and uh, this is a giveaway. You do not need to be a WMNF member to win. There'll be a prize. Again, a copy of Bruce Cameron's best-selling book, A Dog's Purpose, signed by him. To, uh, to the first person who calls 813-239-9663 and correctly identifies this animal song. Let's name that animal tune on Talking Animals. We'll uh, take any guesses that come in probably off the air. We have just about reached the end of today's edition of Talking Animals on WMNF Tampa. I'll be back next Wednesday, January 15th, with another edition. I hope you'll join me then. I also hope you'll visit our website, TalkingAnimals.net, where we make available all sorts of information, as well as archives and podcasts of past Talking Animals programs. We also have a link to the Talking Animals Facebook page or Twitter feed and more. Please like us and friend us on Facebook, the show, and or me personally. Follow us on Twitter. That's all found at TalkingAnimals.net. I'm Duncan Truss. Thanks very much for listening. Have a good week. Be kind to animals. Be kind to others. Be kind to yourself. Well, let's take one. What the heck? Hi, you're on Talking Animals. Can you name that animal tune? Yep, it's uh, Mon- Monkey in Your Soul by Steely Dan. Okay, cool. Correct, sir. What is your first name? His name is Bo. What is it, Bo? Yes, folks. Okay, Pooh, you you have one, so I will come back and get your information in a sec. Congratulations. Thanks for listening. Thanks. All right, so it is Talking Animals. It is WMNF Tampa, Brandon, Clearwater, Largo, Wikiwachi, and beyond. Thanks for listening. Speak to you again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. on Talking Animals. Thanks. Thanks.